Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, happy Thursday, and welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And what is up, everyone? Back for another episode. Will DeWitt here, day two out of the bubble. Mm-hmm. Feels great yet again to be right alongside you, Nick, to talk more Chicago Bears as we continue countdown to camp. But how you doing? You've had a, you had a late night, early morning, and I'm glad to be back here with you, but what can you and or can't you say? Well, I went. I uh, had my three-year anniversary with my girlfriend yesterday, so I could say that. Yes. So that was a dinner yesterday. Uh, thank, you, thank, you, thank, you, thank you. I believe that's uh, the three-year noise. Yes, that's the three-year noise. Just a celebra- celebratory noise. Um, I was at Hell's Hall today, and I can tell you that training camp is being built. They're still kind of finish- putting the finishing touches there. Looks a lot like... Last year's setup and makes sense. I mean, same space. Now the third year at Hallis Hall. Seems so long ago since we've been to Bourbon A there, Will. But, uh, yeah, that's what I can tell you. We had we had good food on our way back from the studio yesterday. Ooh. Lots of keys that put us, on, put us in some food comas. But that uh, Soul, Soul Cal Tinga Burrito and steak. Yeah, so I don't know if we'll do that again today. Right, cause we'll I need to jump in. Where did you guys go? Lots of keys in Glenview. It is okay. a... Mexican, right. it's Latakiza Imas, actually. Sorry, Imas. and Imas is better more. than the original, yes, because there's more, there's more, and more, right. yeah. Mm. Yep. See, I, I caught on there a little bit, yep, and right. I was uh, a really good time with you, and now I'm hungry yet again. I, I appreciate it. I should have had a Owen, right? That where'd that Owen come from? Ooh, Put that sneaky, there. put that there, product <laughs> placement, love it. It's like the 80s. In the back, like that's when they started product placement. That takes me back to college. I remember learning that. Hey, <laughs> you're full of the sound effects. I don't know. Today. I'm feeling. You know, I just ate some M and M's. I'm feeling a little sound effect. Five M&Ms. and there are peanut ones, so you're feeling a little nutty. That's a <laughs> quality dad joke. I appreciate that. I know. I know you would. No one else does, but you and I are in the same wavelength. Please follow Will at Will Dewitt. The L's are ones. <laughs> yep. For more dad jokes, potentially. <laughs> So today's episode, I'm glad that we're kind of having the soft opening because we've had multiple shows now in a row where we've had to kind of throw in everything in the kitchen sink to squeeze in so many guys because we're doing multiple positions in one episode. But today we have a singular focus as it's all about the Chicago Bears wide receivers. But Nick, I don't know if it makes things any easier today because what a group we have to discuss. No, that's a really good point, Will. We have been previewing a lot of positions, sometimes multiple in one show, but the wide receiver group is an interesting one. Like a lot of these Bears positions, because there's maybe one guy that you feel good about and a wait-and-see approach for a lot of these guys that are in this group. But we're going to break it all down. I think interesting is a kind way to kind of put this. Yeah, yeah, probably. But we'll see how we feel towards, uh, towards the end of the show. Let's begin, though, officially. And let's start with Tier 1 which I'm going to call the guaranteed guys. Like These are the players that we know are going to make this roster. No questions asked. There's only three of them, but we have to begin with Darnell Mooney. And I say his name, Nick, and my mind immediately goes back to that article last week and just how impressed I still am really about Darnell Mooney, the person behind the player, as well as the aspirations that he has for himself, the work ethic that he demonstrates when there's no one on him, like no one's paying attention. Darnell Mooney is burning the midnight oil, putting in the extra work, whether it's at home, the facility. He has, and it reminds me of a lot of weirdly Peyton Manning. I read a Bruce Arians book a few years ago about him and his different quarterbacks he's worked with throughout all the years. And Really what I saw from Darnell Mooney in that Dan Pompey piece on The Athletic really reminded me of the same level of focus to his craft that I saw from Peyton Manning in that book, which 
hey, if that's that championship work ethic right there from Mooney, I think that means good things are ahead. When you're looking at year three for Darnell Mooney, like, does he have to do anything to like prove to you that he's a quote wide receiver one? Or in your eyes, now that we've gone through this off season, has your perspective shifted a bit? No, he doesn't have to do anything because he's the most talented wide receiver on this roster. He's had a thousand yard season in an offense last season that was broken, so he is your number one. And w- when you kind of go back and even watch what he did last season with multiple different quarterbacks in a scheme that again what didn't cater to the offensive player's strengths. He still was able to put up good numbers. He was still able to create some of those explosive plays. So, for me, it's now being able to do that, and you are the solidified number one. There is no Allen Robertson to kind of cater some coverage to his way. It's going to Darnell Mooney. So now, for me, I just need to see how this all plays out as he goes up against opposing number one corners. How is he going to beat that press coverage? And that's maybe the one area that, too, I kind of want to still see him improve upon, like, getting off the line of scrimmage because if timing is going to be key in this offense, you need to be in the right place, right time. And if Justin's going to go to one of these players on this offense, probably number 11 is the guy. So just being able to get off press coverage, create those throwing windows, that's what I want to see from Darnell Mooney. Keep um, just getting better at each and every day. And training camp's right around the corner. That's where you can definitely start it. I like that you mentioned that he's going to be Justin's guy. I mean, they are clicking off the field. They're putting in all that extra work together, so that chemistry should be there. And if that relationship can be as strong on Sundays that we're seeing now this offseason, I expect you know that, that chemistry, that ability for both of them to succeed together to really be there mm-hmm. this season in this new offense. You mentioned him having to be a little bit better in press. I think that was something we read in that Pompey piece that he was working on, you know, that upper body strength to yeah. do that. And that's a little bit of an underrated element of his game because he's stronger than he looks. Uh, I see in the chat from uh, J.R. Mayberry if there's anyone that's going to make uh, get a jersey other than Mooney. Like that made me thinking. Eleven is my favorite and lucky number. Nick, can I get a Darnell Mooney jersey? You can't. No. Damn. Damn. You can't. Everybody who gets uh, any jersey you get. Yeah, they, no. You're not. not you're not allowed. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. We've seen no. the jerseys We've behind you the, back in your bubble. Should I whip out my Justin Fields jersey anytime soon? No. No. I see it in the closet. And I'm like, if I I need to forget it exists. I don't have it in my possession. Yeah, no, definitely uh, forget it exists. But uh, I also see some some very optimistic numbers in the chat here that uh, definitely are <laughs> obtainable this season. And yeah, actually, that looks right. like uh, that's like th- my Madden season. Yeah, there you go. You could you could do that, Will, because you're a lot better at Madden than me, as we figured out the last time we played. Uh, yeah, so Darnell Mooney's gonna be a big part of Justin Fields having success. Don't know about those numbers from from Michael there, but he needs to be that guy, Will. For, for Luke Getze in this offense, his first year here, Darnell Mooney needs to be able to do that. So you mentioned he, he had success last year in a broken offense. And just looking at what he was able to accomplish, and he was one of 25 receivers last year with 1,000 yards or more receiving. And he was also 10th of all receivers with at least 75 catches with an average of 13 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. That was more than DK Metcalf, hey. more than Devontae Adams, okay. more than Stephon Diggs more than Tyreek Hill, and more than Brandon Cooks. Just to name a few. Okay. That's some pretty good company to be above. Yeah, and you mentioned, like, those guys. A lot of those guys are number ones for their respective teams. I remember there was a ESPN analyst who said uh, Dan Orlovsky. And, you know, Dan Orlovsky does a fantastic job, but Darnell Mooney's not even a number two on a lot of teams. I don't know about that. Um, Darnell Mooney, again, plays for the Bears. I think that has a, you know, there's just a knock on Mm -hmm. anybody. Really, you look at a lot of the Bears players in the rankings nationally. Oh, you play for the Bears? Step down. There's just a connotation right now of being a Chicago Bear, and unfortunately for Mooney. Sorry. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. Dan Orlovsky is a – he just – have you seen his takes on the Twitter? They're, they're not he has terrible takes. There's some. There's some. He talks about ones. like putting ketchup on hot dogs and like stupid things that are like, mm. it's mm. like just clickbait garbage. And like, so we shouldn't listen to anything that guy says. I'm <laughs> done with Dan Orlovsky. I'm done with him. Ketchup on hot dog. Uh oh. See, yeah, he's just trying to rile yeah, up people is. with that. He said a lot of stupid shit out there. No. <laughs> is there anything else on Darnell before we move on? I'm, we'll be having more discussions around him throughout this episode, I'm sure. But anything more? I like, guess we just take a singular focus on Darnell Mooney right now. No, I think 
you, obviously he's we know most about him. Feel best about Darnell Mooney going into the season. Now, as we kind of move down this discussion, this is where the interesting part of this Bears wide receiver room gets. Uh, gets Wait, hold going. on. I, I like the Chris's comment here. So is Maju- is Mooney a legit number one, or a number two in number one's clothing? I'm gonna say legit number one. Uh, again, he's it's not that prototypical build that you envision a wide receiver one in terms of like a little bit taller and a bigger build. But he is a player. He can be a possession type. He can beat you with his speed. He can beat you with his route running. He is not a player that I would say is a wide receiver two being forced into a wide receiver one role. I think he is a true wide receiver one talent, and I'm lucky he's here in Chicago. I mean, he put up wide receiver one numbers, right? And you look at like maybe a guy like Cooper Cup, physical. If you look at Cooper Cup physically, uh, just height, weight, everything, like is that wide receiver one guy? No, probably not. But you see what he does on the football field. He cooks everybody he goes against and gets open and makes catches. He is a wide receiver one. So you don't have to be the prototypical build to do it, but Darnell Mooney, like like we said multiple times already, put up those numbers with Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and obviously Justin Fields throwing the ball in Matt Nagy's offense. I see from AGM Productions in the chat that uh, another thing that we learned from Pompey piece that Mooney is bulked up mm-hmm. over 180 pounds now. He's been eating those Fruit Loops every night. Yep, that's what he does. And actually, weirdly enough, the same night I read that article, it was like a midnight snack time. I had to get a bowl of Fruit Loops. Okay. They're yeah. in the house. I thought it was just fitting. Had to do it. Yeah, I had to. And had honestly, to. if I eat a Fruit Loops every night and I balk up a bit too and get that darn I'm going to start eating Fruit Loops as that keeps happening. Do you think I can just get the body automatically or do I actually have to work out? I mean, that's how it works, right? If you just eat Fruit Loops, right. it just automatically happens. Yeah. Right? All right. I'm going to follow my nose and uh, we'll continue that yep. trend. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Byron Pringle. Obviously, he's a player that we've talked about a lot throughout this offseason because he's been one of the bigger names that come into Chicago throughout it uh, via free agency. You mentioned, though, Nick, that he was somewhat quiet in OTAs. Is entering camp, I just want to know, like, what or where is your headspace running Pringle? Like, what type of role will he have in his offense? Where is that ceiling? Because with him being quiet in OTAs for a player that – has some critics to silence because a lot of the talk is you're a wide receiver for in Kansas City. You're surrounded by all pro talent mm-hmm. uh, as the, the playmakers as well as a you know a high-end top caliber quarterback with Patrick Mahomes kind of aiding you out here. What type of season is in store for Byron Pringle? I think it's a guy that's going to see a lot of opportunities, to be completely honest, Will. Um, when you look at how the Chiefs utilize them, and again, this is not maybe how the Bears will use him this season. In 2021, he was in the slot 304 four times, out wide 262 times. So a guy that you can line up anywhere in your offense and have him, you know, just utilize his route tree that he, you know, gained while he was in Kansas City. So when Darnell Mooney isn't open, like, this should be the second read in Justin Fields' progression, Byron Pringle. And it's a guy that we talked about when we were kind of previewing some of these guys like individual effort is something that he ha- is his strength. When you see him make a catch over the middle of the field, it's getting the yards after catch. And that's what you want to see for him in this offense. If Luke Getze can create those open opportunities for a guy like this, utilize what you did in Kansas City. So you, it doesn't even matter if you have Travis Kelsey or, or Tyree Kill kind of around you, you're still able to create those types of plays, explosive plays that the Bears desperately need. So when I look for him and what he can do, I think there's just going to be more opportunities. So it's, a, it's if he can capitalize on those, despite only having maybe Darnell Mooney as the next legitimate weapon. I'm going to throw a quick comp out, and you give me your reaction. Okay. It just came to me. Byron Pringle's 2022 season will reminisce Taylor Gabriel in 2018. Explosive plays down the field. Guy who took the underneath stuff and was able to do some yeah. damage. They're similarly built. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, little guy, skinnier, but like <laughs> smaller, but like height wise, like. Yeah. And how I think they'll be deployed similarly. I think similarly, you can utilize them almost in a way where you want to get them on those drag routes over the middle of the field, and then trying to just turn it up. But he's got four four speed. Yeah. So he's just. He's right there in terms of Darnell Mooney and what he can do when he gets the ball in space. But I like that. I like a newcomer coming into a new offense, mm-hmm. both 
That's both the situations they would be in. And then creating those explosive plays. That's ideally what you would love to see out of Byron Pringle. And I don't have the stats in front of me. This is something that just came to my mind as you were talking about Pringle. But if I remember correctly, when we got Gabriel, he was always kind of like that third, fourth guy in an offense, Mm -hmm. hovering around similar stats. He came from Atlanta at the time. And the goal was for him to jump into a wide receiver two role alongside Allen Robinson, who came that same year. Anthony Miller was also drafted that year to be the three. So if you look at trying to draw a comparison, Darnell Mooney's your new wide receiver one. Pringle is now that guy who's trying to make that jump up to that wide receiver two. And then he drafted Valus Jones Jr. to be a bigger, better version of what Anthony Miller potentially is supposed to be in this offense. When I look at Pringle, and I know there's criticism and there's skepticism around what he can do in Chicago, I just look at Ryan Poles. He was in Kansas City with him. Byron Pringle is an undrafted free agent that worked his way up steadily each season to be a wide receiver 3-4 fringe guy for the Chiefs offense that's loaded. So for all that talent to be around him and for him to still find a role in his offense, work his way up, and they brought him in on a very team-friendly deal, a one-year deal where Poles can say, hey, I like you. Obviously, we have a good rapport. Come to Chicago. Prove to me you can take that step to wide receiver two, and then I'll give you wide receiver two money next offseason. That's why I think the plan is for Byron Pringle. Do you think, and we'll get some true and falses later mm-hmm. on, but do you think it's at least in the realm of possibility that that could happen for him? Because I'm cautiously optimistic that he can be a effective wide receiver too in this offense. I think that's the hope, Will. And I know like the negative kind of t- it's like this is where wide receivers go to die, right? You Thanks, know Moose. that's that's uh, that's just say that's what's been happening in Chicago and. He's got to hope that Luke Getze's offense makes things a little bit more simplistic. That when you're developing a game plan, plays make sense. You build off of each other, and you can actually get players open. And that's working with the offensive line, too, so that guys like Byron Pringle can use those attributes, those yards after catch ability, and make explosive plays. But that is the hope. Definitely will. So throughout his career, Pringle's caught 70% of his passes. Uh, he, he led the Chiefs last year with 13.5 yards per catch. Again, he had 13.5 yards per catch. Starting on Mooney had 13 yards a catch last year. Mm-hmm. Those are some high averages for your top two players in this yeah. offense. And when he was targeted last year, Mahomes' pass rating was 135.5. That was the third best pass rating when targeted of all wide receivers in the NFL who saw at least 46 targets last season. So he was very productive and effective doing damage against defenses when Mahomes is looking his way. And I just know he'll be in the top three for target share this season. You know, you have to throw in all the other positions. It's going to be Mooney, maybe Komet. Well, we talked about him a little bit yesterday, then Pringle, but Pringle has to be number two, if not number three in his offense. He does. And uh, what is that? Cornelius uh, here has a really good point. PFF, when the Bears got Nikhil Harry, obviously a very good run blocking guy. And some will talk about, but Right above him, Byron Pringle in terms of run-blocking grades last season. And we know we talk, we just previewed the running backs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know that that's going to be a big part of this offense. So, obviously, the, the receiving part of a receiver needs to be paramount, needs to be a, a huge part of their game. But, man, these guys need to be able to block. And right now, the Bears, looking at last year's stats, do have two of the better ones in terms of run-blocking grades and Pringle and also Nikhil Harry. And that's very important for a couple of reasons. One, that blocking ability doesn't go away when you do some of these screens and exactly. you're doing some of these, you know, extensions of the running game a bit, getting the ball out into space into some of the receivers' hands on the outside. And also, secondly, in this outside zone scheme, if Herbert, if Montgomery is bouncing it all the way to the outside or they're getting Lee over to the C gap, it's very important for the receiver to make sure that their corner is not the guy scraping down and making a play in this run because that's how you limit if it's well blocked inside and there's a lane to the outside for this back, but then you let the corner come in and make a play on the ball. You just squandered a great opportunity to get exactly. a big chunk play on the ground. So that's another reason why you said like that blocking ability, Huge. underrated. We talk about what these guys can do on the numbers front, but this is another area of the game that they can positively impact this Bears offense on any given down anything else for pringle before we close the can no let's uh yeah let's keep this uh discussion i mean going. that's just another that's a great joke i don't nick just went right over his head <laughs> yeah it did didn't it totally i'm sorry yep i didn't even hear can of pringles. pringles before we close the can oh and the, the pring- pringle um, that's a good one thank you you and your dad jokes i know they're everywhere that's one of my favorite mitch hedberg jokes i don't even know that comedian from back in the day but 
he talked about how Pringles was just a laid-back company. They were actually trying to make tennis balls, but when the shipment came in, it was actually potatoes, so they said, fuck it, we're making potato chips. Instead of Pinnacle, you got Pringle. Yeah. What? There you go. That is such a... Wow. No, it's, you get, Mitch Hedberg, man. Late 90s, early 2000s comedy. Man, you learn a bunch of stuff on the CHO Bears podcast. You do. Well, when Lawrence is producing, I always feel like oh, I yeah. learn. I definitely learn something new each and every time that uh, he unmutes his mic back there. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I don't know what you're learning from this comment. I was going to yeah. say, I was waiting for it, but nothing came yeah. out. No. <laughs> All right. Last person in this first tier, Bayless Jones Jr. Man, here's a player that you know, I'm so excited he's here. I identified him in the pre-draft process as a receiver in this offense. I can see just taking flight with his yards after the catch ability, had the most yards after the catch per reception of the entire draft class, averaging over 8.32 yards after the catch. The Bears didn't aggressively attack this position this offseason in terms of spending top dollar, bargain bin for Pringle, third round here for Bayless. Uh, But still, I think that's going to enable him at least to come in and make an impact from Day one, personally, I love watching him with that toughness and that physicality that he plays with the football in his hands. He has a great blend of that aggression as well as athleticism, as well as vision, which is apparent both as him as a runner on offense, but also as returner on the third phase. He's also speedy. He's agile. Like The list for me can go on and on. And, of course, he's old. <laughs> uh, yeah, for a draft pick, but... I think what he was only a couple of months older than Devin Hester when I saw that he was today. drafted. Yeah, um, but yeah, Valus, the the opportunities for him are limitless. It's all going to come down to Luke Getzey. But this is where uh, you don't want to see him get overly creative, right? Where it's like you're giving him so many different roles in year one. That's how you're prone to making mistakes. Like he let him learn the playbook, let him find his his niche, his niche, however you want to say it. You said a niche yesterday, so I was rolling with it. Okay, niche in this offense. Nicholas Moriano. I did that yesterday. Yes, there we go. All right, we're sticking with niche. But that's what I think for Velas early on in the season you want to see because that's how I think he can play at his best, his fastest, Mm -hmm. because we know he's got the speed and the burners to make explosive plays happen. And you could line him up in the backfield. You can put him in motion, these jet sweeps. You can put him out wide in the slot. So it is endless to what you can do with him. But for me, if I'm Luke Getze, let's kind of – we'll slow it down in the beginning. Let, let's see what he can handle in training camp this next week. And then as the season progresses, like, then you see Valus Jones Jr. kind of lining up regardless of where uh, – regardless of the play, the down and distance – and then you can really attack defenses in a multitude of different ways. Yeah, he's a player that defenses will also have to pay attention to just mm-hmm. due to all the athleticism and speed that he brings to the table. You mentioned taking it slow. I'll be really interested in camp to see what that looks like because if I remember correctly during OTAs, they were mentioning – uh, whether it be Getsy or Tolbert, that they're just throwing so much at him, like learning multiple yeah. positions in this offense. And he's been able to pick it up quite well. Uh, when I look at him, I know they had to meet the rookies on him. Did you see that? I did not. Nope, I haven't so got a chance. So one to thing watch I just want to say about it is because a lot of people say, why did it take him forever, like in college, to figure it out? Because at USC, he was never dominant. And then mm-hmm. he goes to Tennessee, and his career starts to take flight a little bit. He mentioned that he just never felt right at USC in Southern Cal. He was going through depression, battling that. But he's also someone that, like, I'm not just going to be a guy that quits. Like, this isn't for me. I'm transferring. He wanted to stick it out, get his degree, and then he had that next opportunity to continue that collegiate career, found himself a little bit in Tennessee. And for someone that also battles some depression, like, it humanizes it a bit. And Mm -hmm. it can make you understand, like, you know, they are – more than just players. They are human yeah. beings. And if you are battling, you know, a mental issue such as depression, like that will have an impact Absolutely. on the type of player that you can be on the field. Outside of that, I don't know. Like he's just I get so excited to see how the Bears will utilize his skill set. I saw AGM mentioned he can be a Debo Samuel Jr. <laughs> yeah. And I know didn't polls slightly throw that comparison out in the post-draft process. Like, he's like, I'm not saying he's Debo, but we can see Debo things. Yeah, yeah, that was mentioned before in uh, Poles' press conference. And it there are similarities, no doubt. But what makes Debo so great is that he got 
so good at each one of the positions that he was lined up in, and he became such a, a just a phenomenal contested catch um, creator for that that 49ers offense. But you hope that Valus Jones Jr. can take the attributes that he does have, those qualities, and make himself a career that is maybe similar in the you know in that Debo discussion. But uh, yes, the the name has been brought up, and that would be great for the Bears if they got somebody like that. Yeah, reminiscent of mm. Debo. Um, outside of that, is there anything that you can personally teach him? Me? Yeah, I, I uh, have one. Sure. What is it, Will? I'm sure you can give him some tips on drawing. Oh God, yeah. If you uh, saw the, uh, well, he tried to draw the bear. That's hard. That's that's tough to do. That's like, difficult. You definitely need to see a picture and draw it. I guess he, he you know, if he went with the C, I think Bayless would have had it. Didn't he say like they should put the bear in a helmet? Because I've always said that. Like that'd be a great alternate helmet. I mean, we see it right here on the show. Like the C's. Good. C's fine. C's fine. I can handle the C most times. Lawrence, you want to well, just, yeah. I, you know, I was just going to say that now that the league has gotten rid of their stupid rule where you can only wear one helmet, now, you know, like they're bringing back Bucko Bruce mm-hmm. for like the Buccaneers are doing that and whoever else, I do think the Bears could maybe go with an alternate helmet one, one week. You know, maybe, maybe it's the same blue, but the bear is perhaps the like shiny orange, you know, mm. like that like metallic look. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. That bear is fierce, and I feel like he's underutilized. I do like him a lot. I do. I, by the way, I'm also, every time I'm now opening my mic, I'm feeling like I have to teach something, and I don't, <laughs> I'm feeling very nervous about Class that. Class is in session when <laughs> Lawrence on mute. No, no thanks. <laughs> but no, like, you are a decent drawer, and that's something that I thought you would, like, poke at a bit. And your brother, too, like, was showing me some of his sketches. He has, like, this smart pad thing. And yeah, I know. Whoa. I know. That thing's pretty cool. I like my Samsung tablet because I can go on all my apps and stuff. He can't do that in his, but he has been drawing a lot on it, so shout out to him and his drawing ability. I drew a skinny pig on it last night. He's like, just try something. And then skinny pig? It was like a big head, and I was like, I'm just going to put like a little stick figure underneath it, okay. and it just says oink. It was, it was getting late. I wanted to go back to watch Ted Lasso. And I, but I also wanted at least... I got him, on, I got him hooked I mean, on Ted Lasso. I was up to 2 in the morning. Should have yeah. done, done that a couple... Months, years ago, or I think so. Like I know I'm late on it. Yeah, there's the baby goes to sleep at some point. Yeah, but he hears the TV. He's up. It's quiet time once the baby goes down. Huh. Well, I feel like that's a problem. You need to work on your audio situation. Level. Yeah. Well, he sleeps too close to where it is. You're right. That's that's a me thing. All right. Anything else on Bayless, or is tier one complete? Tier one is officially complete. All right, before we get to Tier 2 and talk about, well, the rest of these guys and uh, where things get really interesting for this unit, I just want to make sure that you know that the best way that you can support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that, not tomorrow, right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. It's also available tomorrow, but do it right now. Uh, But that's not it. You can make a $50 or more first-time deposit. You'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will be more than happy to help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Seeing an edge in the game you're watching is your favorite team primed for a comeback. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use that promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And tweet. All right. I have to tell you about our next partner, Athletic Greens. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. That's the most important part. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting 
vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears. So take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Good job, Nick. Was that Siri? Uh, no, it's like a speech <laughs> thing on my phone, but I guess oh. it could be Siri. Uh, on the way here, since I did these notes three days ago and I want to refresh what I put down, gotcha. oh. uh, my drive, I had to dictate my entire five pages of notes in Google Docs. Does that actually, does it work pretty well? Yeah, or? Okay. it actually worked out well. I was, I Googled it right before I left your house. Like, how can I do this? And I was under accessibility settings and I can change it, like how fast oh, it talks and it worked out pretty decently. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, I like that. Just a good way to like refresh yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So not Siri, but very helpful. All right, let's make sure Lawrence was going to pipe in with something. No, no, I'm just going to sit over here. It's fine. I don't have, I, you know, again, very, very much under pressure about teaching these things. So I'm just going to not talk. I just wanted now. to check. Maybe yeah, no, he had a I'm new fine. thing to throw down on us. All right. Yeah. I, was, I was checking to see what Nick was tweeting before he read Oh, I just ad, retweeted the, the live show. Yeah, it wasn't anything fine. important. I was yeah. going to do that. And I mean, I, I guess that is important. We want yeah, people it's to watch. But but not, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I changed my mind and wanted to do the dictation instead for you. Oh, gotcha. Here we are. All right. Tier two which I have called the top bubble guys because yes. we have to break this chunk into something, and that's the best way that I can classify because no one from after those top three is a lock to make this roster by any means whatsoever. It could be anyone in Tier 2, and there are players in this bottom tier that can also surprise and go out. The Bears are going to go with the best players, the cream that rises to the top uh, over here as well. So top bubble players, let's begin with – uh, actually, let me just list them and let's have a bigger conversation. Yeah. Uh, we have Equinemus St. Brown, Nikhil Harry, who the Bears literally just traded for last week, Dante Pettis, Tajay Sharp, and that rounds out who I believe is in the top bubble. How about you? Is there anyone that I missed, or is, or is this like that next tier of guys that we should be paying attention to? No, and I won't go, go ahead to tier three yet, but those are the four guys that, you know, when you're looking to round out the wide receiver room, they're definitely going to be in discussion to do that, um, especially like a guy like Equinemius St. Brown has that connection with Luke Getze, bigger-bodied guy. Um, can he find his niche on this team? There it is again. Uh, someone that can just, again, use his length, his physical attributes to um, just just to the best of his ability. And you look at Nikhil Harry, very similarly. A big guy ran pretty fast for his size, is able to go get the jump ball, didn't, didn't quite pan out. Is that 32 over uh, – 30? Second overall pick in in New England, but he can block. That's that's definitely one of the pluses that he has. But if he's going to actually make this roster for the Bears, it has to be because he can be a capable wide receiver. He doesn't do or participate much in special teams. So if he's being placed on this 53 and is a part of the wide receiver group, yes, you, you can block, which is a great attribute to have. But, man, you also got to be a capable pass catcher when Justin Fields going maybe to that Number three, and I think that's what we're looking for in terms of these this group, the three, the third or fourth guy. And obviously we mentioned three of the above, but Bayless is still a rookie. He's going to come into his own role, but these guys, who's going to stand out and make the most out of their opportunity that they have in training camp? And when you add a guy like Nikhil Harry, if you're Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Tajay Sharp, you know your job is not solidified. You don't know if you're going to make this roster because now there's another guy who's competing for your roster spot. When I look at Nikhil Harry, and there are some fans that are very excited about his potential coming to Chicago, believing that Pace got a steal here, you know, giving away a 2024 <clears throat> seventh-round pick. Did Is that you? Did you say Pace? Did I say Pace? See, sometimes that happens when you have mm. Ryan's and the mm. same position, both of the same sort of P. We need a we need a jar for. Uh, we do. I would love that actually. Like, yeah, if we have any slips. The Blackhawks like, have the jar, but he who shall not be named, which uh, is their okay. former GM. Right. Yeah. So I think you guys need it too. I'll give to the cause later on. That's a dollar. All right. I don't know if I have cash on me. Does the jar take Venmo? I don't think so. It should have like a QR code on it. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. Okay, we'll do that. I like that. All right. So that Ryan Poles brought in. Thank you. Hey, there we go. Uh, and there's others. I believe he's just destined to fail here as well because he did in New England. Uh, when I was looking into his time in New England and why a lot of people thought it just didn't work out, a lot of it was COVID, just like derailing you know a lot of people's careers really and just Lives. making things weird. 
They switched to Cam Newton and that super run-heavy offense in that 2020 season. The scheme just wasn't really set up for him. Uh, and all that kind of led to some lacking of confidence. Like, I don't know if I can fit here correctly. And then just overall coaching, not putting him in a position to succeed. And now we're in Chicago where I think Getsy's flexible and he will find ways to cater to his strengths. And Nikhil Harry just brings something different that nobody else on this list has. And it's that size and that possession type of body receiving because everyone else is a leaner. I know Jones is a little thicker, but speed guy. And Nikhil Harry's more of that prototypical back shoulder throw, go up and get it receiver. And if he can show the Bears he has that ability in training camp, easily can carve out himself a role in this offense. It doesn't have to be the biggest role, but just something else that defenses have to like game plan against, account for. And he can beat some of these DBs in different ways because a lot of these other receivers, I think, have similar skill sets. Yeah, it's, I mean, that is a good point. And because they do have similar skill sets that also can play to the Bears' advantage of what they want to do with the receivers, like, hey, you can line up on the outside in the slot. You can use these guys in a multitude of different ways. So that, that there's a benefit to that. But if you do have an outlier in the group, like a Nikhil Harry being that six foot five, 228 pounds, the biggest wide receiver the Bears have in terms of weight, that thickness you were talking about, you can find maybe, is he the prototypical X? That's something that, you know, maybe it was Equinemius St. Brown if you were to just kind of look at it. But, but that was a force. Yeah, it's almost like a force. And I know someone said in, in the comments, like, Equinemius St. Brown was probably being underutilized in Green Bay. Maybe to a certain extent, but you also got to prove to the coaching staff that you're deserving of more reps or more opportunities to make those plays. He did, he did a good job on special teams. But, again, like I was saying for Nikhil Harry, I think for Equinemius St. Brown to feel safe about this roster, you, just, you need to be able to contribute – at the position that you're labeled as a wide receiver mm-hmm. and not just a special teamer. Those make up the 53, but I think you also want to be good at the position that you are. Agreed. I know um, for St. Brown in Green Bay, it just wasn't jiving really. Like rookie season was okay. Like for a seventh rounder, mm-hmm. he really performed well for his draft status, but it just never really panned out after the fact. And we'll see what it looks like in Chicago if Luke Getsy didn't like it, what he brought to the table. I'm sure he wouldn't be here in Chicago exactly. because yep. he has the most familiarity with him. Uh, so I will trust the evaluation right now, and we'll see exactly where it goes. Outside of that, on this list, you know I've been a fan of Dante Pettis mm-hmm. uh, coming out. I believe he possesses a ton of talent. It's just the lack of durability right now that's really hurt his career. He led all rookies, his rookie season, which was 2018, with an average of 7.9 yards after the catch per reception, according to PFF. And then he got hurt, a uh, really bad high ankle sprain, COVID hit. He lost uh, you know, a lot of weight, goes to the Giants, and has to play with Daniel Jones, Mike Glennon of the world, and injuries yet again kind of just derailed him. He got to play only two games last year, but he had 10 catches in two games. Like, he's healthy. Mm-hmm. The ball goes his way. Good things happen. He's, again, very talented, but can he stay healthy? I don't know. This is really his third chance, and for a guy that's a good route runner, has plus hand, can be shifty in space, I just hope he can stay healthy. And if so, the Bears have another effective weapon in this offense. I just don't know personally if we should bank on that. Yeah. Probably not a wise decision. And then one other player to highlight in Tajay Sharp. Another player that did really well early on in his career. Uh, Fifth-round pick for the Titans. Uh, his first three seasons, 92 catches, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. And then he decides, like, it's time to move elsewhere in my career. Goes to Minnesota, and he flops. So you can thank Kirk Cousins for that one. <laughs> and uh, he went to Atlanta last year, and he was fine. He's, you know, he started. He didn't have, you know, eye-popping numbers, but 25 catches, 230 yards, 9.2 yards per catch. He just hasn't found the end zone in two years, similar to almost Cole Komet. Oh, yeah. You're thinking about, we were you thinking that too? It. Yeah, just a <laughs> tight end that we just talked about uh, in the last show. Yeah, Tajay Sharp is um, a guy that, like you said, early on his career is putting up the numbers, but 2017, goose eggs. 2020, essentially goose eggs in Minnesota. Like nothing, two seasons where there wasn't much, there wasn't any production. And now 2021 with the Atlanta Falcons, it was minimal, but here with the Bears it's like I think if you're looking at what Tajay Sharp could do for this Bears team well one does he make the team and two it whatever your expectations are for him 
especially probably being a wide receiver five, four in that role, it's going to be minimal at best. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, for, for rounding out that group, I guess it's okay to have a, a guy like that who does have some veteran experience, who's been in the league, has been in a couple different teams. That's kind of what you're looking for, what, the fifth, sixth receiver on usually a, a 53-man roster. Right. You're just looking for somebody you can fall back on if needed, and you know they can produce. And Tajay Sharp is definitely someone that has proven he can. He's not going to be a top-two receiver, top-three here in Chicago, and that's okay because that's not the plan. If that was the plan, you probably don't draft Phelous. Uh, you maybe not even bring in you know Byron Pringle, but Poles – was able to bring, you see, was brought in so many receivers this offseason with, you know, second and third chance. It's kind of like, sec, you, know, uh, you know, second chance to you right now here okay, in Chicago yeah. uh, when it comes to this position. And uh, I think that's going to have a lot of guys with chips on their shoulders wanting to prove something to this coaching staff in camp. And this should make for a very fun battle all the way around to fight for this bottom end of the roster when it comes to the Bears wide receivers. I, I do Out like of this. I, sorry, just really quickly. Mm-hmm. Zach's comment here. I like, his, I like this theory. He said that St. Brown and Harry both played for elite QBs that if they don't like you, you don't get the ball. So Justin should be looking to spread the ball around, which it's a yeah. good point. You know, I mean, that's a great point. I know we've mentioned that too, where I expect this offense to spread the wealth. Mm-hmm. You're going to have plays designed for different players. We're not going to force things as much as we saw in previous offenses. Like, let's just get this guy 15 touches for the sake of it. And he has, 30 yards on 15 touches. Like, what was the point of this? He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't producing. That hopefully should be behind us. Out of this tier, as of today, and we'll do who makes the roster here in a bit, but who's, like, your leading candidates if you had to choose, like, one or two? I would probably go – I'll go with Nikhil Harry, even though he's the newest addition to this room. I will put him up there. Then it's almost – 50-50 50-50 for Equinemius and uh, Dante Pettis here. I think you got to go back to 2018 to see when Dante Pettis was actually producing as mm-hmm. a rookie, right? But he is somebody that, that can – he does have a good route tree. And if given this – if he takes full advantage of this opportunity, I think he can carve out a, a, a small role here in Chicago and be not a – again, not number one, number two, but that third guy. A third guy that you can maybe, for Justin Fields, look to as we're talking about spreading the wealth, the third recipient of that. Okay. I can even see him dropping to four, depending on Bayless and how big of a role. But I like that you're coming around a bit because when they signed Sharp and Pettis nearly at the same time, and early on you were on the Sharps train, and I was on the Pettis side of things, and... I think I've convinced you slowly. The more I talk about him, you look into him, and my you're training camp will will definitely uh, yeah <laughs> switch it all for me again. But that's the point of camp. Yeah, no, it is next week. Next week, mm-hmm. cannot wait. All right, let's move over to tier three, which is dubbed the rest. We have, you know, uh, Simba Webster, fourth year pro. We we've seen him a little bit here in Chicago. Isaiah Colte, Coltier, Coltier, Coltier. Second-year player out of Rhode Island, Chris Fink. Fink. Chris Fink. 2021 undrafted free agent who was with Poles in Kansas City. He had an injury in the offseason that kind of derailed that first year. He was let go to due to it. But obviously, Poles saw and I think, did he come here before Poles or was Poles and then he came? It's, um, it was some of these smaller guys on the bottom of the roster, the timeline gets murky for me, admittedly. I think Poles was here, and then he got brought on. If okay, I'm not. so I like that because, again, someone that has familiarity, understands it a bit, and if he liked enough what he saw before the injury happened, hey, come to Chicago, give you a second chance. You know, Maybe it's not making this active roster. Maybe it is, uh, but also a, a good practice squad candidate. Then you have David Moore, a fifth-year pro out of East Central, Weirdly enough, all the way down here on this list, how quickly things change. Daz Newsom, last year's six-round pick that at this time we were tier-twoing him, projecting much larger roles in his offense. And then Kevin Shaw, undrafted free agent out of Liberty. Who are you keeping your eyes on in this group? Because there's a lot of players, and really between the top two tiers, there's so much to lot, you know, look out for and watch for. It's going to be hard when you get to the third tier to really see much of anything or pay that much attention to these guys. I want them to present themselves to me. Like, make me notice you is how I'm looking at this group. But do you just have a player or two that you're already kind of like, yeah, I want to watch what he does come, you know, the next few weeks here? So I don't know if it's 
me like I want to watch these guys, but I know Chris Fink's going to make plays. He's already done it in mini camp. He's going to be the training camp hero. I already I've said that before. I'll say it now. People are going to love Chris Tanner, Fink, like Tanner, Tanner Gentry, Gentry, Daniel, Daniel Braverman, Braverman, yes, uh, Dane Sonsenbacher, like you know the shifty little white guy that just gets open. That's Chris Fink. That's who he is, and that's what he's been doing already in mini camp. So I see what is it? AGM production. Chris Fink sounds like a comedian name. Maybe that's true, but he also he he made plays. And I'm not saying that he's making the 53 or anything like that. Shocking. But I just know at the end of August, everyone's going to be like, oh, when the Bears don't, you know, sign Chris Fink to the 53, 53 they're going to be like, damn it. Why didn't they do it? Just I'm going to say it right now. But that's someone that I know I'll notice. But someone that I'm curious to see just if he can actually carve out a role in, in, on this team is um, that six-round draft pick from a year ago, Daz Newsom. Because the slot receiver position for the Bears, I think, is very flexible. Byron Pringle can play it. And you see his, I think, what, being almost 6'1", Daz Newsom obviously not that, that size. Like, there's a clear difference in the, the physical appearance of what that position can be. But can Daz Newsom actually find the role? Maybe no shoulder injuries like he had last season that really derailed him from actually getting going last season. But, hey, Daz Newsom, that's someone that you hope to see makes plays. But if he doesn't, this coaching staff has no connection to him. So if he's the one cut, then that, so be it. But I want to see if Daz Newsom can do something here in this training camp. He's such a wild card because, again, I know time changes perspectives, but it was this time a year ago where we were just excited as what the Bears would have in him. I know he got hurt, and it really made it for a slow start. And then when it came to the regular season, they just decided not to really use him, even though the Bears weren't winning many games. Appeared in the only three last year, five targets, two catches, 23 yards. I remember even in the preseason because they were taking it slow with him coming back from injury, he didn't get a lot of action. When he was out there, he saw a few kind of flashes, but again, that was against backups in a preseason environment. So after a year, I'm still going to hold some mild optimism that we did have last season, but at the same time, I know his path to make this roster this year is much more difficult than it was last year even coming back from that injury, and it's really going to be up to him to step up to the plate here. It is, and I, again, this room has a lot of opportunity to make it because there's one clear guy at the top and then everybody else, but still an uphill battle like someone put in the comments for a Daz Newsome. And he, if I remember correctly, he's a player like Darnell Mooney who just does not like to go down at first contact. Like He is an aggressive ball carrier uh, and tries to play with that aggressive mentality, even though he's a little bit of a, you know, he's not the biggest body. He's not mm-hmm. going to kill Harry out there. But that also does help him in the punt return game, which is another area that he brings to the table. Yet again, man, we need to do an episode where we just talk about who's going to return kicks and punts because there's so many players with experience on this team. But uh, I think that does it for me in Tier 3 right now. Like I said, out of this group, personally, I want the player to show themselves to me and make me want to pay attention to them because there's so many guys right now and I want to have most of my focus on the top two tiers. That's what my expectations are going to be for this group right now. Like you show enough to make me notice you. And I think if I'm noticing him in camp, other fans who are there in attendance will as well. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Will. Um, You know, before we get into this last segment, get some predictions, over-unders, all that good stuff, just got to tell you about FOCO. Chicago sports fans, your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. And yes, that is FOCO, where you can secure access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or any of your loved ones. They got it all. And if you are looking for some new gear... And like we've mentioned multiple times, training camp is just around the corner. You're looking for some new Bears gear to rock at Hallis Hall. FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids. It's going to be hot during those days. So guess what, Will? You can wear those damn Crocs. You can wear Crocs there if you want. <laughs> you can keep nice and cool. You can wear swimsuits if you really wanted to. I don't even know if there's dress code, but they have them. So FOCO has got you covered with the best Chicago merchandise uh, of your favorite team, head over to foco.com or click the link below in the YouTube description. And for all non-presale items, use that code CHGO for 10% off. 
All right, this is the CHGO Bears podcast. We are previewing wide receivers heading into training camp, which begins in less than one week. Can't believe it. Like We always say it takes forever to get here, but then every year we blink, it's here. and it's here. I, I, when are we going to learn this lesson? Probably never, but that's all right. Nope. Nick, load of question time. No. Who makes the team? All right, let's do this. Um, How I'm, many? I have six. I got six, six. Six wide receivers. Again, I looked at what did the Colts do last season? What did the Chiefs, what did the Packers do? A bunch of different uh, teams here. But I have Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Valus Jones Jr., Dante Pettis, Equinemius St. Brown, Nikhil Harry. Cool. Same. Moving on. All right. That was easy. easy. Nice. I think Sharp. A. A little slow on that one. Sorry. That's okay. Sharp is still someone that can I mean like we said anyone could he, could, he was yeah. the one I wrestled the most over because mm-hmm. will Pettis like would they fear like the injury happening you let Sharp go he gets signed to another team and then he's like a wide receiver four somewhere else because he can be and then you're looking and scrambling for another person because like Pettis gets hurt in a couple of weeks like will they want to take that chance we'll see but if we're looking at talent and who's here I feel like that gives the Bears the most upside for like a top six yeah and if you're in the comments here listening who are the what receivers do you have making this 53-man roster will and I win with six that may not be the number that they actually settle on but who do you have making the 53-man roster put them in the comments here and we'll see how they compare to ours Don Burr says it's horrible I mean he would know like a few things about like having horrible wide receiver cores like in green uh, in green in Detroit with the Lions I know he's had Megatron and all that good stuff I'm just giving him a hard time they've actually had good receivers over there yeah. sometimes yep Megatron's a so he has one. no idea what a bad one looks like yet. <laughs> we'll find out all right Nick ready for some over under let's do it all right over under 1299.5 over for Mooney yes over uh I'll go so that'd be 1,300. Yes. Give me 1,300. Only seven receivers had more than 1,300 last year. Damn it. Woo. I knew that right before. Uh, that. I was going to say, spicy. you jumped the gun. That is, oh, man. Is this, he did it last year, though. Those numbers last year, Mooney. Like, yeah. that's. We just that's talked about spreading though. the ball around. I know. These uh-huh. third and fourth guys but ju- That's his guy. Justin and Darnell are like, like this. If you can see this on the video, they're like this. They are like As this. As I'm looking at. Lawrence deeply into Where's your eyes like this. I'm, I'm I mean, like <laughs> in trance. Over, uh, over 1,300. Do it. Let's do it. All right. Over Boom. 1,300. He, he had 1,055 last year. So Do it. All right. Cool. I'll take the under to be devil's okay. advocate. Probably just smarter. due to Lawrence's thought of spreading that ball around. Yeah. Makes sense. Just under 1,250. And okay. it's still a good. really good yeah. season for him, too. But. We'll see exactly how, and the running game taking parent, you know, precedence too may impact this. Yeah, it may be off here, but that's all right. All right, one more for Mooney. Seven and a half touchdowns for Darnell Mooney this season. He had four a year ago. Can he have more than seven and a half? I'm going under on the the touchdown number. Uh, this is where the spreading the wealth around mm. works out in the end zone, where it counts the most. So I'll go under. Um, I'll give him five. All right, five touchdowns. I will say over. I'll give him the eight. You know, maybe you won't have the most yards, but when you're inside the twenty, you said it. Fields is looking one, you know, one direction, and that is at number eleven. Mm-hmm. So I will allow him to get. That's right. I'm allowing him to get more than seven and a half touchdowns this season. All right, next one. Four and a half touchdowns for Bayless Jones Jr. Five rookie wide receivers had five or more touchdowns last year. So five receivers were able to accomplish the over on this, but will he be one of them? This season? No, I don't think so. Um, again, I just don't. I just, I just need to see how they're going to utilize them, especially early on. Um, I'll give. I'll put it like two. Giving it two. What did? What did Miller have his rookie season? Was it like five or six? Man, didn't he have like seven? It was. Or, yeah, it could have been actually seven too. I can look that up real quick. Will Anthony Miller, twenty eighteen. And he had dun, dun, dun. oh man, we're going to oh, ESPN takes forever. You guys, I'm sorry. Oh, you chose ESPN. Well, that's yeah, your fault. just the first one that popped up. PFR and baby, seven. Mm. Wow, that's where you thought that Anthony Miller was the yes, hit right. out of Memphis. Like you're good to go, and it shows you like you can have like some of that immediate success, and it does mean nothing. Matt Nagy, thank you, Matt. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I'm taking the under, though, in my wide receiver preview article on Vela Jones Jr. I said he'll have four touchdowns, so I'm going to stick with it uh, as well. So slightly on the under for Velas. And then the last over-under, 49.5 catches for Byron Pringle. He had 42 last season. Does he get to that 50 mark? Chiefs offense, man. Chiefs offense. He was number three, number four, 49.5. Can he get to 50? You know I'm going to say yes. I'm taking the over personally, if you want to at least hear my opinion. You're going over. I th- I would, I'll go over on that as well. Um, I think he has to. On, like, he's the number two on this team. And even if that's, like, small chunk yards, even though he's a guy that's created explosive plays, I think he'll get over that number. Maybe that 55 range. All Seems right. Pretty good. I like it. True or false, Byron Pringle earns himself a second contract in Chicago. You knew that question was coming. Mm-hmm. I did, and I didn't have – I was still thinking about it, though. <laughs> um, I know we have so much to learn between now and then. And I'm going to go with true. Uh, maybe like in a two-year contract yep. where it's not – nothing, again, a, a long time, but enough to where you feel good about Byron Pringle, at least for 2024, 2023 season. Same. So. I think you – have him earn something this year, prove that he's worth staying around what the Bears are doing, and it will still be a modest contract. He's not going to mm-hmm. break the bank, and if you can have a player with a high floor for not a lot of money that you have familiarity in his offense that can grow with Justin, the Bears will definitely not shy away from having that guy stick around. Yep. Uh, true or false, Darnell Mooney leads the team in receiving touchdowns, and at the end of the season, he goes to the Pro Bowl. Uh, false. It's the Pro Bowl one, it's right? It's the Pro Bowl. It's always a Pro Bowl. The first one. half would have been true, though? The first. Leading the team and receiving touchdowns. I have him at five, and I also said Cole Komet would have five in that. Ooh, that so it's a tie. But, so, yeah, that's not true either. Okay. Uh, true or false, five different receivers will have at least 20 catches as the Bears spread the wealth. Yeah, point five at me. Five different receivers, yeah. man. 20 or more catches. I know. It's only like one point. And you're just saying game. receivers, too. Only receivers. 20 False. False? False. I think it's true. I think this bottom end, like, Bayless won't have that many catches. Like, he won't be, like, at the 50 mark. Then underneath him, I mean, so you have Mooney will get it guaranteed. Pringle's going to get it guaranteed. Pringle. I think Bayless gets it guaranteed. I just don't know how much more. Like, maybe it's, like, 35-40. And then you're right. Wider seat. And just 20 or more catches. I, I think it's possible. I'll, I'm going to give it true. All right, Nick, fill in the blank. The player that at this time next year, when we look back uh, on this whole season and we go, wow, where did that player come from? Who is that guy? Or at least most Bears fans. Like, we're talking about them all, but, like, what's that guy that's going to come out of nowhere for most Bears fans? For most Bears fans, that guy will be probably Dante Pettis. Okay. Um, But, again, small role, like, okay, he can – he can stay on this team. That's fine. But, yeah, a minimal role. That's that's who people will be thinking about. All right. Last fill in the blank. And it's funny how the, I put this in here, and you've kind of alluded to it a few times, though. It's third down. Mm-hmm. Justin looks for Darnell Mooney, but he's double covered. The next guy that feels trust to make He'll the big-time play is? Bill Darnell. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with Byron Pringle. Okay. Byron Pringle is at number two. But, man, he's, he's, hit some, he's put some balls into some tight windows before. And I'm not saying he can't make the no, throw. But I'm yeah, saying like if his Darnell Mooney falls down because he's double covered. Now what? does Darnell Mooney get back up? Settle down. Separates Just answer the himself. question. Stop saying Darnell Mooney. Deep. Uh, Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. So that's the guy. This is to me more of a question <laughs> about the trust factor. So yeah, like true. outside of Mooney, the guy he'll trust the most will be Pringle. Could be Cole Komet if we're talking everybody. Receiver. Okay. Byron Pringle. All right. Making sure. What's your bold prediction for this positional group, sir? Yeah, Mooney had 14 big plays, which is 20 plays that go for 20 or more yards, and that was 23rd in the NFL last season. He will finish in the top 10 this year, and all he would need to do if it was last year, get three more of those big plays to put him at 17, and that puts him in the realm of the Mike Williams of the world and also T. Higgins. He'll finish in the top 10 in terms of basically an explosive play created for Darnell Mooney. I like that one a lot. I have two, and I'm debating which one I want to utilize here on the show. I don't want to put this on him, but it's the most bold one I have. Uh, Bayless Jones Jr. to lead all rookie receivers in touchdowns. And I guess I'd said touchdowns. I didn't say receiving touchdowns, so that could be a kickoff touchdown. Okay. 
because you know a, a rushing touchdown maybe because he can be utilized in a few different ways. So, Bayless yeah. leading rookie receivers in touchdowns is my bold prediction. That is a bold one. Wow. Okay. Well, rookie receivers tend to tend to not. I mean, Demar Chase is Wilson. the exception. I mean, there's, I mean, I know there's some guys. I know. But nice. I said touchdowns. The other one I had, just to throw it out there, though, I had someone in our second tier will finish behind Darnell Mooney and touchdown scored. So, like, it'll be Darnell Mooney, and it won't be Pringle or Bayless. It'll be someone from tier two, whether it be Harry, whether it be Pettis. Yeah, that'd be good for the Bears in their depth at that position for sure. You say Harry and Pettis too, too quickly next to one another, someone's freaking out. Like, what did he just say? <laughs> All right, where's your confidence, though, man? What's your confidence meter for the receivers? This is a tough one. This is a tough one to, to gauge for me, but I put it at a 6.6. Okay. Um, again, you know what you have in Darnell Mooney? You have to see everything else from all these other guys. So I'm putting it at 6.6, and I hope that number is a lot higher by the end of the season, but not too optimistic about that. I'm sad we didn't get to continue our graphics like we had yesterday. It's my fault because I did not know. Yeah, I don't know. Nick and I talked about it. I was just like, do we need to do that? And Nick's like, nah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I still, I like visuals. I mean, I do too, but, you know, I got other visuals to think about right now. That's cool. You're fine. I was just saying, like, it was actually neat to see the scale, though, yesterday, like where we were. And I'm at a 6.9. Ah, nice. And it's, weirdly enough, weirdly enough, it was a math exercise. Sure it was. I did nice. Darna Mooney at a 9. Nice. Pringle at a 6.5. Valus at a 7.5. The remainder of the group at a 4.5. So you added up, divided by 4, and it came to 6.88 something or another. And so I had to round up to 6.9. This comes out to a nice number. It did. All right, any final thoughts before we wrap up this receiver group? I know we have another fun show tomorrow coming up with quarterbacks. We're going to squeeze in special teams as well mm-hmm. as we go back remote. So I'm not even in a bubble, which is good, even though I'm remote tomorrow. But any final thoughts on this group? I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch it all shake out. A lot of competition. Look, really looking forward to seeing what these guys can do, especially in the bottom end guys in, in terms of the one-on-ones in training camp and the 11-on-11s, who stands out. But a lot of competition and – There's a lot of spots open on this roster, too. Yes, there is. Like we said, outside the top three, the guarantees, it is is anybody's bag for the taking. And I'm really excited to see who wants it more because that's literally the environment that Ryan Poles has decided to kind of breed here in Chicago, especially at this position group. Like all these guys getting second or third chances who have showed promise at one time or another – hey, you want a roster spot here in Chicago? Come and get it. And that should breed a lot of good competition and make for a lot of excitement at training camp for both us watching and the rest of the Bears fans in attendance. Like I said, tomorrow we'll switch our focus to quickly in special teams and then the quarterbacks with a heavy emphasis on Peterman. That's how I was thinking, Nathan Peterman. Mm-hmm. Got to go with that. <laughs> now that we we'll, talked we'll, about Jay Peterman from Seinfeld. No. Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Good old Nate. Nathan. Who? See? Ted Lasso. What, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, Na- it's Nate. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the same. Like, yeah. oh, you remember my name. Mm-hmm. Sorry oh, how yeah. he feels no, walking around the building. No spoilers, but it's coming. Uh, so you talk about graphics. This is the one I wanted to bring up is that. I love it. We put this out on CSGO Sports today, and it is causing quite a stir online. So Bears fans, feel free to go out there and uh, yell, at, yell at us in the mentions because we don't hear enough of it already. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Lots of bears on there. There are a lot. But then again, who the hell wears anything from 60 to 80 <laughs> in true. any other sport? So there's not um, a lot of options for some of those. But this is an awesome graphic. It has, I think, you know, I agree with most of it. And you just can't, you can't put Devin Hester on here. It's just impossible. But it was like seeing him not on there, it hurt me. That's, it, why, that's why we put him on set today. Okay, there you go. Ah. Yes. See a little Hester yeah, he's right down there. there. But, yes, that. That was an awesome graphic, seeing all the great Chicago athletes that have, uh, you know, played for the city. I didn't have any, like, complaints on it. I know Hester, like, 23 would have been awesome. You can't put him in place of Jordan. Maybe you could have split it down the middle. See, even no, though I was even thinking that, then, but it's we like Jordan. Jordan. But it's just Jordan. You don't yeah. touch Choices it. Choices were made, okay? Choices were made. That's just the way it is. And, and it's accept- I can accept it. Seven like, was a tough one, not for Bears fans, but for other teams in the right. city. No one, I did see like someone off the Bears account, like after we retweeted it, said, like, what about Hallis? He was seven. Yeah, well, that's a stupid thing. That's, who the <laughs> hell knows that George Hallis wore number seven? He's like the owner and like creator of the NFL. No one thinks of him as a football player. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's true. A, that's, a, that's a dumb thing. Keep that one to yourself, whoever said that one. <laughs> Can I see it one more time? 
No. And then I'll close the show. Of I just course. want to see one last thing of to make sure I, I saw it right. Do, 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 do. Yep. Okay. As long as we had Luckman for 42. Because I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, but well, again, said. how many 42s are there? I know. Not many. Yeah. But that was one. I'm like, if we were going to have Cutler on uh, well, there, I'll say this. look, look just too. a little bit to the right of there. 45, we went with Fensick. You know who we could have went with? Michael Jordan? Yeah. The return <laughs> of MJ. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. yep. yep. True. It's an option. An option. But, yeah, no, head out to uh, our Twitter at uh, CHGO underscore sports and check this out. We put it on our Twitter account, too, retweeted at CHGO underscore bears. I'm at Will DeWitt. My L's are ones. And then we have at Nicholas Moriano here. Any last words before I say the tagline? You have the floor, Will. All right. We'll see you tomorrow from a remote show to conclude countdown to camp. And I think that would be what also wraps up Adam's vacation. Yeah, I saw, saw him earlier today. So he's, I think he's still on vacation because he's not here. So yes. Right. Well, awesome. So we'll wrap up this week tomorrow, talk about some Justin Fields expectations in year two and its offense. I can't wait for that. But until then, bear down, Chicago.